went into creating these beautiful flower arrangements and uh, decorations to celebrate this uh, Katina festival tomorrow. So this is uh, just a sense of gratitude and good feeling of people everybody coming together to make this possible. Then, uh, though we think to, tomorrow is the Katina ceremony, so they're not perceptions in the mind, isn't it? And then, uh, then we think the offering of the Katina cloth is a kind of peak moment when something happens, the cloth is offered, and then, and then it's uh, history, and everything, and the ceremony is over, and and uh, we people get on to their usual things that they do with their lives. So we, the Buddha was always reflected on life as a as a as a as a flow, as a flux, and of course uh, we can see just how there are peak moments or. Events that have significance. Oftentimes, we 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 live our life for the peak moments, but actually, this moment right now is just as important as any moment, isn't it? <laughs> uh, we can think that tomorrow when they offer the Katina cloth, that's that's the peak moment. That's a more important moment than this one. But for meditation, we're always establishing this, recognizing now, here and now, is where it's at, not tomorrow, not at, not at the peak moment of a particular uh, condition, or era, or state of mind, or millennium, century. So we're all going to wound up for this millennium celebration the end of next month and uh, that's another kind of peak moment that we think only the millennium changes from from one to two and then the, all the kind of uh, predictions and and speculations that go along with the Y2K and the and all the 
the rest of the possibilities that are connected to that perception. But is the the moment when 1999 changes to 2000, that that particular moment, is that any more important than this moment, right? Now reflecting, you know, this is is a reflection, I'm not, this isn't a doctrinal position I'm taking, but it's pointing to the the liberation of suffering is is now, not, not December 31st, 1999, or tomorrow when the cloth is offered, or any special moment. But it's always the moment, the, the here and now, that we are liberated. I have a little sign in my cootie that says, the only thing to fear is your own imagination. So I keep remembering that. I've had it pinned up in my little kitchen, so I have to look at it every day to remind myself that uh, my imagination can create all kinds of problems, complications, scenarios. Uh, my, I've got a good imagination that can that can make mountains out of molehills and uh, endless complexities out of anything that's around. So in, say, in a monastic life, the whole point of monastic life is this reflection on learning to surrender or relax or trust into the present. We can hear ourselves thinking, oh, when I get the jhanas, or when I get my samadhi, or when I have this particular experience, uh, this idea, this way the mind will always create, uh, imagine some point in your life in the future where everything will come together and and then you will have uh, maybe uh, be an enlightened being or realize the path or attain something that you don't have. So these very thoughts, uh, these are images that we create in the mind. Not that the images are wrong or there's anything wrong with images or imagination, but it's the uh, it's the blind adherence, the the way we deceive and delude ourselves to our own images. So the, in the Buddha's uh, teaching of seeing the the anicca dukkanata of conditioned phenomena, even though one heard that over and over again, for those of you who've been in meditation world for a while, you say, well, there he goes, anicca dukkanata again. Some of you might even not know what that is. Maybe it sounds exotic, like some some kind of high state of that Buddhist monks must must specialize. Their special life leads them to this realization. But three characteristics of existence is uh, the three sinyata, or impermanence. Uh, unsatisfactoriness in non-self, 
tools we use to keep reminding, reflecting on experience now. Because the the worldly view is always a, a sense of everything's more permanent than it really is. We have a sense of ourself as a person, a kind of solid person or soul, uh, that even though on the intellectual level we might recognize it's uh, it's uh, a Nietzsche or non-self, but oftentimes we live our lives with that assumption that I am actually an ongoing permanent Ajahn Sumato or personality. But in the present moment, when you really, when 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 there's an awareness of this present moment, fully open, fully present, fully here, and the perceptions of Ajahn Sumato arise and cease in the present. It's not. There's nothing more to it than that. And even the even the feeling, that kind of emotional feeling, I am this person, even that is impermanent. It has no real <coughs> substance. No, nothing that, that stays, that is, has any real reality to another than what I imagine it to be. If I, if I take that as a reality, then I create my world around myself as a personality. When I do that, then I suffer endlessly because uh, personality is basically a delusion. It's unsatisfactory in itself. So it, 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 no, no matter how positive your personality might be, as a, as a position, as a way of experiencing life, it's, it's filled with fear and anxiety and worry and, and uh, jealousies and so forth that, that are part of, of the delusion that we create. <coughs> we do have this ability to imagine. So we have uh, to image, to make images, to create things in our mind. And this, can, this is a great gift, uh, but also for many people it's a curse, isn't it? We, we create endless negative images of ourselves or of the world that we live in. We see the world through what's wrong or through worry, anxiety, or anger, resentment, fear. And so those are, those, we create that in the mind. It's something that, that we create uh, out of not understanding, not awake, not being here and now, not trusting in the present moment, but always going along with the delusions of the emotional world that we have, or the, the uh, attitudes of the culture, the society that we're uh, very much influenced by. say enlightenment is now that's fine but and then we, we go back into <laughs> because we're, that's too easy isn't it because we're, when we're with, we, we attach to, to even we try to imagine enlightenment 
we've got so many ideas about ourselves in, uh, that we're so far away or so uh, unworthy or so uh, messed up in, or so uh, bad or whatever that we've, we, we, you know, take maybe even many more lifetimes before we can even get near to enlightenment. This, these are imagines, images that we create in the mind. All of it. So the word itself, uh, enlightenment, is another image that we can, uh, that that we tend to place up very high, isn't it? The word itself it means a high, a great attainment, uh, and so it it we tend just to, because of the we create that as an image, then and then we place it on a very in a, in a very high high elevation, way up there, far away from from uh, where we are. But in the awakening practices of, of the Buddhist teaching, it's uh, it's not trying to to become enlightened or to to attain, but to learn to trust, to surrender into the present, to let go completely, just to to find that sense of contentment, peace, stillness, relax into this this moment. But then we have this, these, these habits, the emotions, uh, we get caught in doubt. What's he talking about? Couldn't be that easy. But it's not easy, is it? Because uh, we, we are all wired up for other things, for the Y2K, for New Year's Eve, for the millennium, for tomorrow, for... <laughs> For the next thing, the next big moment, uh, so that we, you know, it's always the future that holds the, the the endless possibilities for our lives. So much of our life is unnoticed, unappreciated because of that. We 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 don't value the present because we put so much importance on our future, on the attainments, achievements getting when we want, um, all the kind of possibilities of success and, and uh, progress in that for the, in the future. And the present then is, is uh, seen as uh, just, unless you're doing something that is really very important in the present. But if you're just sitting or standing or walking or lying down, breathing, Conscious, these can be seen as you know they're, they're just so ordinary uh, that they 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 don't they aren't appreciated. So in Buddhist meditation practice, we establish mindfulness around the ordinary, sitting the posture of sitting, standing, walking, lying down, breathing, anapanasati, mindfulness. Attention in the present. 
until we we begin to 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 open to that, to really trust in it. I use this word trust a lot, or is faith. These kind of words point to 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 not an attainment of any sort, but an attitude. That uh, I mean, to have to hope to be able to trust in the future, or or have faith, uh, have enough faith in the future. That's that's another uh, image that that we can uh, be grasping. But it, t- it takes just this ability, doesn't it, right now, to just trust yourself enough to just be attent, pay attention, to be awake, to be present here and now. So it's a very simple, imminent act, rather than a complicated uh, kind of refinement of the mind. And it's uh, and it is it is so ordinary that it it isn't valued, and because it doesn't seem like it's worth anything. How many of you would like to have miraculous powers? You know, to be able to to do something special that no one else can do, like like uh, float up in the air, to levitate, things like that. That would impress everybody at the Katina. And then if I, if I suddenly levitate off the cushion while they were trying to give me the Katina cloth, <laughs> we'd I'd become very famous in no time. And, uh, because that's special, isn't it? That's, that's fantastic. Uh, and, 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 it's, and everybody wouldn't, you know, if I could do that, anybody would know, you know, they'd see Ajahn Sumedho can do something special. But just being present, you wouldn't know whether I'm, you know, whether I'm thinking about something or worrying about something. When I have a dirty thought in my mind, you never know. <laughs> Maybe if I could float up in the air, then they say, oh, he's highly attained. Well, these are the images that, that we we give importance to is uh, attainments, achievements, being special, being high up. Um, these, these are the worldly dhammas. But as you, if you go up, you go down. And so, like with every peak moment, then there's a depression, isn't it? You can't stay, you can't, uh, the conditioned realm does not allow for uh, a permanent peak experience. Uh, that's just not the way it is. So, just to have one peak moment after another is, is, uh, is, uh, is asking for the impossible. Wanting something, you know, wanting something that is totally impossible. And you can see that the modern uh, life that we live, the high tech and that is, is providing a kind of very rapid series of peak moments and kind of miraculous experiences with uh, with uh, computers and television and internet and all that. So 
many ways, these are quite, these are miraculous, these are miracles, really. But, uh, and so they do, they do provide, you know, you can get into, to having very kind of fantastic uh, experiences uh, very quickly just by switching on the, the telly. But then, uh, after too many peak moments, even they get boring. Mm-hmm. One one kind of thrill after another gets boring. Mm-hmm. So that's not the, that's not you know how high you want to get. Like like say drug addiction is another. There must be you must get into drug addicts must get into really high states of of you know of incredible bliss. Which just, which, which you can't sustain, but just make you want to have it repeat it again or, or have higher peak moments. That's the way that the conditioned world is. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's up and down. It's this change. It's this in, relentless, inexorable changingness, transiency. That we're experiencing through the body, through the senses, the the thinking mind, the emotions, uh, all time conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, now it says it's working towards the winter uh, solstice. In another month, it'll be the winter solstice. And it goes on to. That's another peak moment in terms of, of the season, seasonal changes. Or maybe that's not a peak moment, maybe that's a, what is that, depressing moment. Well, that's the, the nadir of, of the year, the bottom point, how you want to look at it. But, it, but this is, and you can see in emotionally, uh, we can go up and down very quickly. Uh, when life, when life is, uh, people praise us and, and, and everything's going well, we, we can get high. When everything's going wrong, we go down emotionally, it goes up and down. But in the present moment, and there's always, your refuge is in the awareness, not in the, the thing that goes up and down. If you go up and down, then you, you, you just, uh, you know, you just are uh, kind of like a, a leaf in a storm. We've had, you know, this, uh, the earthquakes, this, uh, this cyclone that, that uh, happened in India recently. I think, of, I think 20,000 people killed in just this uh, horrific cyclone. Destroyed an area of India the size of Wales. And uh, all kinds of, um, you know, livestock and crops and whole people's lives totally gone. I mean, even those that survived, much of their life has been kind of decimated and destroyed by this, by something that is beyond our control. The, the cyclonic movements that we nobody can can stop, or earthquakes like uh, Turkey. The other day, yesterday, another earthquake. 
And so this realm that we live in is like that. It's a very uncertain, undependable place. The tectonic plates that move and change and the fact that the center of the earth is molten fire and, and that uh, this is a whirling planet going around the sun. <laughs> and what's holding it all up? And the energy is in. And our minds, we can't imagine. We reach an end of our imagination. It goes blank after a while because it, 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 it uh, the, you can't imagine. Uh, you can only imagine so much and then your imagination stops. But what is left when imagination stops? And when, when, uh, and in spite of the ups and downs, the cyclones, the earthquakes, the, the successes and failures, and the, the good health or the, the terrible, the sickness, the eternal illnesses, the losses, the peak moments. And there's a constant factor in all of it that is, that we begin to recognize through mindfulness, through this attentiveness in the present, awakened awareness. And that's the only thing you can really trust. Because that, that will always be with you, no matter what, what the conditions might be. And that applies to both physical health or, or uh, natural movements of the planet and the universe that we live in, or emotional habits that, that go up and down. So that's why the Buddha emphasized a refuge in this awareness. Buddha Dhamma Sangha, that's what it really means in terms of refuge, is in this awakened state right now, attention, which is transcending what you're feeling. You can be aware right now just what you what your emotional state is. When you just look inward a bit, you begin to be aware of your feeling whatever way you're feeling. Be aware of, of this uh, physical body or the the sensations in it or the the um, feelings that come through the senses the sense experiences. There's always this, this awareness that is a transcending, a transcending of the condition itself. And as a human uh, individuals, we have the ability to kind of take refuge in that, in just that pure state of attention and awareness. That's one of the great gifts of being, uh, having human birth, is that, that we have this rather wonderful ability to, to escape or to transcend the conditioned realm in this very simple, uh, immediate way. But in order to really do it, we have to trust in it. And that trust uh, is something to, uh, that we develop, we cultivate. In monastic life, 
that's the whole aim of monastic uh, tradition and and uh, rules and and uh, lifestyle and what. There's no other reason for it. And it's not. It's uh, it's its whole purpose really is to 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 develop that focus, to learn to rest and trust in the in the present. <clears throat> it's like being arms mendicants, isn't it? All these rules about relinquishing food after twelve noon, not storing up things. It's, it's an act of faith, an act of trust, developing trust, developing faith, uh, uh, renunciation or relinquishing, letting go and uh, re- um, surrendering. These kind of words convey that. Now these are words that, that kind of point to that. We can think of renunciation as we've got to get rid of everything because material, we can see material world, we can, we can see it as uh, something bad or uh, we, can, we can be quite puritanical. We can see the, the conditions as in terms of delusions and we've got to, to get rid of them and we've got to get rid of our desires and get rid of our delusions. Then the Buddha made it very clear that wanting to get rid of everything is another delusion, another kind of desire. That it's not you don't become a monk or a nun in order to get rid of the world because the world is bad, or to get rid of your desires, or to to purify yourself and and all these kind of things because it's not a not meant to to create that kind of illusion. And yet, many people have that. You see, monastic life is a kind of, is a attempt to, uh, to get rid of desire and fear. But with mindfulness, you're not, you're not trying to get rid of, you're, you're learning to recognize, to know desire, to know fear, to be able to recognize it, to be able to to know it when it's present, when it's not present. And so that's that's his refuge in this in this uh, mindfulness. And that we can still be frightened right now, but they can also be aware that there's fear. We can we can reflect on the fears like this. We can, we can, uh, what does it feel, what does fear feel like? Or we, we begin to, to really examine, investigate fear, if, 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 we're, if we're feeling fear right now or desire of any sort. Like Buddha, the the one who knows things as they are, is the is the first refuge. That means the awakened state of mind, the awakened one knows fear, knows desire. Buddhists, the Buddhists never have afraid of anything, and they have no desires. Is the ideal. That's, that's, well, that's making an ideal out of Buddha. But as a refuge, we're not, we're not trying to become 
a kind of ideal being called Buddha, uh, or kind of attached to such so that that possibility that we create through imagination, but learning to say take refuge in the, in just that awareness, the Buddha, the knowing. This is the we're in a position of knowing now. Knowing, conscious, we're conscious entities. We know that right now is like this. We know the five khandhas, the body, the the feelings, the perceptions, the mental formations, consciousness. There's this knowing, this, this direct, awakened, alert knowing in the present moment. That you can trust. That's the only thing you can trust in this universe. <laughs> so you don't expect, uh, you don't demand uh, the world, the society, the community, another person uh, must always never let me down, must always support me, must always be there for me. Uh, then we demand on a personal level. Always wanting something from the world or from somebody else or from the society or is it wanting something to trust in something that somebody that we can really feel confident in and no matter you know how many we spend a lifetime looking for such things it's always going to never be good enough Because it's it's really up to you, isn't it? It's it's not finding something uh, out there, finding somebody else, or finding the perfect place, perfect society, but in the simple, imminent act of attention. Now this is this this is cultivated, say, as. Um, as we as we trust it more, then it it, it it it's quite a natural state to be in. It's not like a created state. It's not refined. It doesn't depend on everything just being quiet and still and having no demands or no kind of harsh uh, things happening to us in the present. Where so it's not something we create. So it's quite it's natural. It's it's full, complete purity that we can trust. One of the things that I found with you know with modern humanity, I used to divide up into East and West and Asians and Europeans things like that. But really, there's not that much difference. People is pretty much the same <laughs> anywhere, and <laughs> it's not uh, not a kind of uh, matter of, of even culture or ethnic background. But in uh, learning to trust is something that that it's not believing in something out of fear or stupidity or just because you you you, can, you, you just uh, grasping what somebody tells you. That's not what I'm asking. That's not what the Buddha encouraged. 
not in, in running away, but in waking up. So it is uh, a good sign to see to see the, what's happened this past year, just the opening of this temple and the amount of uh, enthusiastic support and the, the uh, people committed to monastic practice and so forth is quite, even though it's certainly a drop in the ocean compared to the uh, world's population, it's still uh, quite impressive uh, changing uh, ch- change from the past. Mm-hmm. Where, say, 40 years ago, I remember looking for a meditation teacher, couldn't find one in, in, in uh, California. We've got them all everywhere. Meditation teachers everywhere in California. <laughs> so I offer this as a reflection for this evening. <laughs> 